Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Bannister v. Davis, Director, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, Correctional Institution Division. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Argued December 4th, 2019. Decided June 1st, 2020. Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 59E allows a litigant to file a motion to alter or amend a district court's judgment within 28 days from the entry of judgment, with no possibility of an extension. The rule enables a district court to rectify its own mistakes in the period immediately following its decision. It's uh, White versus New Hampshire Department of Employment Security. But not to address new arguments or evidence that the moving party could have raised before the decision. A timely filed motion suspends the finality of the original judgment for purposes of appeal and only the district court's disposition of the motion restores finality and starts the 30-day appeal clock. If an appeal follows, the ruling on the motion merges with the original determination into a single judgment. Title 28 U.S.C. Section 2244B, the so-called gatekeeping provision of the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996, AEDPA, governs federal habeas proceedings. Under AEDPA, a state prisoner is entitled to one fair opportunity to seek federal habeas relief from his conviction. Section 2244B, however, sets stringent limits on second or successive habeas applications. Among those restrictions, a prisoner may not restart any claims presented in a prior application. Section 2244B1 and may bring a new claim only in limited situations. Because habeas proceedings are civil in nature, the federal rules of civil procedure generally apply. But statutory habeas restrictions, including Section 2244B, trump any inconsistent rule. Section 2254, Rule 12. Petitioner Gregory Bannister was convicted by a Texas court of aggravated assault and sentenced to 30 years in prison. After exhausting his state remedies, he filed for federal habeas relief, which the district court denied. Bannister timely filed a Rule 59e motion, which the district court also denied. He then filed a notice of appeal in accordance with the timeline for appealing a judgment after the denial of a Rule 59e motion but the Fifth Circuit construed Bannister's Rule 59e motion as a successive habeas petition and dismissed his appeal as untimely. The Supreme Court held the decision below as reversed and remanded, and Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court. Because a Rule 59e motion to alter or amend a habeas court's judgment is not a second or successive habeas petition under 28 U.S.C. Section 2244b, Bannister's appeal was timely. The phrase second or successive application is a term of art and does not simply refer to all habeas filings made, second or successively in time. Following an initial application, uh, Magwood v. Patterson was the quote there, in addressing what qualifies as second or successive, this court has looked to historical habeas doctrine and practice and AEDPA's purposes. Here, 
both point towards permitting Rule 59 e-motions in habeas proceedings. Prior to AEDPA, the court held in Browder v. Director, Department of Corrections of Illinois, that Rule 59e applied in habeas proceedings. The rule, the court recounted, derived from courts' common law power to alter or amend their own judgments during the term of court in which they were rendered, prior to any appeal, including in habeas corpus cases. Although the drafters of the federal rules eventually replaced the term of court, or eventually replaced the, quote, term of court, quote, power with Rule 59E, the court concluded that this did nothing to narrow the set of judgments amenable to alteration. The record of judicial decisions accords with that view. Pre-AEDPA, habeas courts were to dismiss repetitive applications except in rare cases. That's uh, Coleman versus Wilson. Yet, in the half-century from Rule 59E's adoption through Browder to AEDPA's enactment, there exists only one dismissal of a Rule 59E motion as impermissibly successive. In all other cases, the district court resolved Rule 59E motions on the merits. Congress passed AEDPA against this backdrop and gave no indication that it meant to change what qualifies as successive application. Nor do AEDPA's purposes of reducing delay, conserving judicial resources, and promoting finality suggest any different result. Rule 59E offers a narrow 28-day window to ask for relief, limits requests for reconsideration of matters properly raised in the challenge judgment, and consolidates proceedings by producing a single final judgment for appeal. Indeed, the rule may make habeas proceedings more efficient by enabling a district court to reverse a mistaken judgment or to clarify its reasoning so as to make an appeal unnecessary. Um, Gonzalez versus Crosby, which held that a Rule 60B motion counts as a second or successive habeas application if it attacks the federal court's previous resolution of a claim on the merits, does not alter that conclusion. Rule 60B differs from Rule 59E in just about every way that matters here. Whereas Rule 59E derives from a common law court's plenary power to reverse its judgment before anyone could appeal, Rule 60B codifies various writs used to collaterally attack a court's already completed judgment. That distinction was not lost on pre-AEDPA habeas courts, which routinely dismissed Rule 60B motions for raising repetitive claims. Next, the rule's modern-day operations also diverge, with only Rule 60B undermining AEDPA's scheme to prevent delay and protect finality. That is because a Rule 60B motion, which can arise long after the denial of a prisoner's initial petition, generally goes beyond pointing out alleged errors in the just-issued decision. Still more, a Rule 60B motion does not affect the original judgment's finality or suspend its operation, and is appealable as a separate final order. That's uh, Stone versus INS. Left unchecked, a Rule 60B motion threatens serial habeas litigation. 
while a Rule 59e motion is a one-time effort to point out alleged errors in a just-issued decision before taking a single appeal. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined. Justice Alito filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Thomas joined. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of us, we can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number 80. Or on Twitter at Court C.